There's a few, several rules of scriptural observation, of scriptural study. And one of them, and there's a lot, but one of them is that when scripture repeats itself, that there's something particular for us to pay attention to and to key in on. It happens all throughout scripture, all throughout the Bible. In the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Exodus, for example, when Moses asks the burning bush, if you're going to send me to Egypt, who should I say sent me? And the burning bush, God, says to him, I am. And then he goes further and says, when you get to Egypt, tell them I am sent you to them. Later on in the book of the prophet Isaiah, which we just heard in the first reading, not in this section, but in a different one, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are mentioned. And there's one that's mentioned twice. The fear of the Lord, awe of God, being in awe of God is mentioned twice. And then all throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus say things like, truly, truly, Amen, amen, I say to you. It's an opportunity for us to pay specific attention to what is going on in that particular moment. The amen, amen is one reason why when we walk up for communion and the minister, the priest, the deacon, or the extraordinary minister says, the body of Christ, we reply, amen. We're saying we believe and we understand what is actually who is actually before us. In today's gospel, there's a similar repetition, which if I'm being honest with you, I don't know that I ever actually paid attention to. Twice in the gospel that you just heard, St. John the Baptist uses a curious phrase. He says, I did not know him. It's kind of interesting because you think about it, wasn't John Jesus's first cousin? What do you mean he didn't know him? And it is possible, I suppose, because they didn't have all the means of communication that we have available to us today, it is possible that a cousin might not have ever met another cousin. We know that they met in the womb when Elizabeth and Mary come together because we have that evidence in Scripture, but it is possible that they didn't know one another, but it's really unlikely that they didn't know one another. So there's something deeper going on here. You know, when we hear that expression in English, I did not know him, or even in Spanish, although in Spanish it's a little bit easier to understand what's going on, yo no lo conocía. Conocer is a little bit different than know. When we hear in English, I did not know him, we kind of, orig we, we think automatically, that means these people have never met. But the reality of it is, is that knowledge is not just about being physically introduced to somebody. What we need to understand in that scripture, I did not know him, it sounds a lot more like I did not know it was him. I did not know he was who he was. That's probably closer to that meaning because the reality of it is probably that before that moment, St. John the Baptist didn't see Jesus even though he was there all along. His eyes were closed to him. But in that moment of grace, where he was blind, he could now see. Just like 
our opening song as we processed in Amazing Grace. I was blind, but I could see there was a moment of transformation in John more than likely. You know, I think a lot of that exists today in the world with the figure of Jesus to begin with. Many of us either currently have or at least have had, and I'm one of them, this very safe and sort of commonplace understanding of Christ. The world certainly does. You know, to the extent that the secular world even recognizes Jesus, they see him largely as a historical figure, an ethical teacher, this you know, itinerant preacher, or even a political revolutionary. In some quarters, some kind of guru, a man that was full of unorthodox sayings and some very clever turns of phrase, a nice guy. Have you heard something similar or read something similar out in the world? But we as Christians really need to reconcile that picture of that man, Jesus, with the fact that Jesus also said that God was his dad. And we have to reconcile that picture with the fact that he said he was sent to set the world on fire. And the fact that he said that he didn't come to bring peace to the world, but a sword. A man who took for himself the name of God. When they asked him, they were talking about Abraham, and he said, before Abraham was, Abraham lived 20 centuries before Jesus. Before Abraham was, I am, took on for himself the name of Yahweh, the name of God. A man who said his followers would not be esteemed, they wouldn't be celebrated, they wouldn't make lots of money, they wouldn't be understood, but they would be persecuted, they would be arrested, and they would suffer greatly because of his name. And so it's a challenge to us for us to grow in an, from an ordinary understanding of Jesus as this historical person or this ethical teacher to a much richer understanding of who he was, that he was Lord, he was creator, he was sanctifier, he's the sustainer of all things. And that's what God calls us to. He calls us to more, to a deeper understanding. He calls us to see in a superior way, to hear in a superior way, to love in a superior way. That is the challenge of the gospel. In fact, I would say that he calls us to a certain kind of superpower. He calls us to a certain kind of superpower. In the first reading today from Isaiah, you see this call very clearly. He says in Isaiah, it's too little for you to just be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. Basically, he's saying, look, it's too little that you just talk amongst yourselves, that you are a community or a family of faith. It's too little that you just be that. He says, I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. He calls us to that superpower. And then, in God's style, he gives us that superpower. In that second reading, St. Paul says, with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Gospel Antiphon, which is also from John, to those who accepted him, 
He gave the power to become children of God to those who call upon him and to those who accept him and not accept him partially because that's what's all around us. It's easy to accept him as a historical figure, as someone that we can read, someone who had interesting teachings, someone who said a variety of things that may have helped some people. It's easy to accept him as a guru. That's easy. But we're called to fully accept him and to call upon his name. And that gives us the power to become children of God. And when we receive this power from God, then that is when we can truly and fully see, when we can truly and fully hear, and when we can truly and fully love.